Praise God. Praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. Amen. If you're a guest, we welcome you. It's great to gather together. If you've, if you've never, I feel like this is important, if you've never been in an apostolic church before, some people say, what in the world does it mean? What's apostolic mean? We don't use that word too often. Apostolic simply comes from the word apostles, right? The apostles were those disciples that followed Christ that then after he passed, there were 12 of them that uh, he commissioned to do the work of the kingdom of God. And they began to teach all the things that they had learned through their three and a half years of ministry with Jesus Christ. And we, hi- we find in Scripture the book of Acts, which is the Acts of the Apostles or the Actions of the Apostles. And so we find the teaching of the Apostles and them teaching what Jesus taught. And so when we talk about being apostolic, uh, we're not talking about some religious denomination. We're talking about simply striving to follow the teachings of Christ and his apostles as they taught in the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so the, you may, I mean, you go, you know, this is interesting. I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure about all this. Well, I, I can encourage you today in the word of the Lord. The scripture talks about let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And look at your neighbor, make sure they're breathing today, I think, right? And so what a privilege to come together and lift our voice to him in praise. And that's a lifting of praise to him. The scripture tells us to lift up holy hands without wrath or without doubting. What are we doing? We're lifting them to him in praise, in adoration of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it's wonderful to do that today. I feel his presence in a rich way, and I'm thankful for it. Amen? Praise God. Um, I, I, I feel that I, I want to express today, um, some of you, if you were here last week, you know we were gone last week. Uh, we were ministering um, in Stahican for a few days with family in a church there. And our heart is always torn when we're away. Um, I thank God. And so appreciate Elder and Sister Flowers. Thank you. Thank you for giving themselves. And understand when I say our heart is torn, it's not because we leave going, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? I can't tell you the peace that comes and the privilege of knowing uh, that Elder Flowers is here and their care and concern and ministry. So I appreciate them very much and appreciate them giving of themselves and allowing us to have that freedom when the Lord would so lead for us to go. Amen? Uh, I'm thankful that we're part of a church that's not built on a man, aren't you? Amen? Praise God. Um, As I mentioned earlier, um, the flowers will be ministering in... uh, Union Gap next week. Please keep them in prayer. I say the flowers. I don't know for sure yet if both of them will be going or just one. But one, Elder Flowers will definitely be ministering in Union Gap next week. So keep him in prayer. This is a working of the Spirit of the Lord. All right? And we want to, we're not trying to get ahead of God. We're not trying, we're just wanting to move with him as he leads. And we've committed to that and... These are some things that uh, the Lord dealt with Bishop and I about almost 11 years ago now. And uh, it seemed like, well, maybe just maybe it's not going to be the way the Lord intends. Uh, for Or maybe I ate too much pizza. We really didn't feel that way. 
But sometimes, you know, you just don't know. The Lord will deal with you about something, and it may seem that nothing's changing. Or you just wonder, Lord, what was that? I felt like you dealt with my heart, but what was that? Time has a way of sort of robbing us of where God deals with us sometimes. Um, but these are things the Lord has dealt with us about, uh, like I said, almost 11 years ago. And so we're just seeking to say, okay, God, what's the next step? That's what we want to do. What's the next step? And I'm thankful for what he's doing. So continue in prayer there. And I know the Lord will minister as uh, Bishop mentioned. We'll be here next. I said Monday. I was going to say Monday. Next Sunday. And uh, I believe the Lord will use him in a great way. And my wife and I will be traveling. And so please keep us in prayer. Amen. Praise God. I want to go to the book of Proverbs this morning. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs chapter number four. Where's Benicio? Right there. Could I borrow him for a minute? funny I get a baby you'll watch me no I'm kidding that's not why is he not the most adorable thing you've ever seen look at that face what's up nothing to say so I uh, you know the uh, this morning I was in the prayer room and I watched early as sister Mary Menez came down, went into her classroom, and was doing some things, getting ready for class. And Sister Armenia, I assumed, um, Sister Armenia, in case you don't know, is Benicio's mom. And so I'm assuming Sister Armenia was up here. You saw her uh, helping lead with us in worship this morning. And so she was up here uh, getting ready and practicing before service. Uh, and so Sister Mary came down to work in her classroom, and I noticed... Oh, my goodness, Brother Juan has a boy. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, he still just has five girls. But uh, I realized Sister Mary was carrying Benicio. And so then, lo and behold, um, as service began, you may or may not have noticed my wife standing over here. And Sister Armenia was up there. And it's not that Brother Jerry can't hold on to Benicio, but Brother Jerry was sort of keeping his hands with Nikolai and Liliana and Sophia. And so here we are. And, and so my wife was holding Benicio during worship this morning. And uh, I like that. Every once in a while, I just want to reach over and put my hand on him and pray for him, pray the Spirit of the Lord touch the heart of the child. And, and so, and look, now, I, is he like, look at him, he's like, He's almost, it's like he's going, hey, what's up? He's sort of taking it all in, huh? All right. Some of you, when you were two, how old is he? Is he one? Not yet. Not quite. Sorry, I wasn't trying to speed it up. Some of you, if you were one and you, you were up here like this, you'd be screaming your head off. Look at him. He's just like all peaceful. And So I had this thought as I, and if you're waiting for me to start, we started already. Um, here we go. You know, when I saw Sister Mary come downstairs with Benicio, I thought, you know, there's some trust involved there. He's not even one year old. There's some trust involved there in just handing that child off. You agree? And then lo and behold, then my wife's holding them. I mean, there's some trust there and just passing. I, I don't think they're trying to get rid of their little boy, you understand? Matter of fact, maybe you didn't notice because you were watching me and Benicio, but the whole time I had him, mom was back there like. Now I know she, I, I think she trusted me. You just don't drop him or something. What she, she was probably wondering, what's he going to do with my boy? 
but there was some trust involved. Now, I'm going to I'm going to venture to say that Jerry and Armenia would not take Benicio. And if they were walking into the grocery store to pick up some things and they had a cart, they wouldn't walk in and see somebody standing at the front of the store and say, hey, we're going to run through here real quick. Would you just hold on to our boy? I promise you he's no trouble. You saw that. Just hold on to him. We'll be done in about 30 minutes and we'll grab him on the way back out. Would you mind? I'm guessing they probably wouldn't do that. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Sister Amina looked at Jerry like, no. I'm, I'm guessing they wouldn't do that. Why? Why? Because he is something very valuable to them. And so they have purposed with that child. When they hand him off, they're not trying to get rid of him, you understand. They're trusting the hands that they place him into. And there's sort of an expectation, while it's probably unspoken, I'm sure there's an expectation of the person that takes them, that takes a hold of him, right? I mean, they handed him to me pretty willingly. Of course, it would have been awkward if they wouldn't have when I went back there. But they didn't say anything to me. But I promise you, there was an expectation when they put him in my hands. You're not going to drop him. Number one. Right? You're not going to do anything to harm him or hurt him. You're going to care for him. And you're going to return him to us in the condition in which you received him. Right? Those are probably base expectations that were there, right? We understand that. We recognize that. And I was, I was marked by that, by, uh, by him being in the hands of different ones this morning because the Lord has been turning this in my spirit in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 Proverbs 4 and let's start with verse 20 listen what the writer says here my son attend or pay attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings let them not Depart from your eyes. And now I want you to notice the next phrase that he instructs him regarding the words. Keep them. Where? In the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Now he keeps going. He's talking about the words, the wise words of a father giving instruction. Keep them in the midst of your heart. He keeps going. Why? Verse 22. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now notice this instruction. Verse 23. Keep thy heart. Everybody say, keep thy heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of your heart are the issues of life. I think the Lord just wants to talk to us a few minutes this morning about our heart. Could we let him do that? Would you ask him with me again to reach into our hearts and talk to us this morning? Lord Jesus, we're dependent on you. We're dependent on the work and the ministry of your word and spirit. I pray today, Father, reach into our heart, our spirit. Speak to us according to your will, by your word and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We thank you. We praise you. Amen and amen. I use Benicio as an example this morning because what every person that was holding on to him was doing was keeping him. We were protecting him. We were caring for him. We were holding him. We were watching out for him. And when mom and dad handed him off to somebody, they were trusting that that was going to take place. The reason they wouldn't hand him off to someone at the supermarket is because they don't know that they would keep him the way they desire him to be kept. 
We understand that, and that's a, an example to us. But the scripture says that we are to keep our heart. What does it mean to keep your heart? You say, well, I don't plan on losing it. Anybody ever felt, don't raise your hand, anybody ever felt like you lost your heart? Or met somebody who did? The scripture tells us to keep our heart. But it tells us how. That word keep there literally means to guard, to protect, to cover. Why is the writer, the wisest ever, telling us to guard, protect, keep our heart? Well, he tells us why. He doesn't leave us guessing. In my heart, in your heart, what comes out of our heart aren't just, isn't just one thing. It is the very issues of life. The issues of life. You ever met somebody with a wounded heart? It affects everything they do. Why? Because out of the heart are the issues of life. Now the writer here, when he talks about the heart, and the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. When it talks about it, it's not talking about this thing in my chest that pumps blood through my body and circulates oxygen and brings back carbon. You understand? It's not talking about that. It's talking about, if you look at it in Scripture, it's talking about the seat of emotion, feeling, consciousness. It can even refer to the spirit of a man. And so the instruction from the writer of Proverbs is that you and I must keep this place of emotion and feeling and spirit in our life. We must work in our life daily to guard it and keep it and protect it. Because if we don't, whatever we let in affects what comes out. Whatever gets into my heart influences what comes out of my life. I can tell you, not proudly, from experience, there's been seasons in my life of almost 50 years where things have gotten into my heart. And because they got into my heart, they negatively affected my choices. They negatively affected my life. And unfortunately, they negatively impacted people around me because I didn't guard my heart in an area or I let something in or I opened a door somewhere and something got in there and I thank God for His grace and His mercy. He'd draw me back and He would deal with that place in my heart so that He could purge my heart. And then He would challenge me again. Keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. We live in a day and an hour in which everything that is possible is trying to find avenue to get into our heart. Anything and everything possible would love to find a way to get into our spirit, to find a way to get in there to somehow bring some form of division, confusion, doubt, fear. You fill in the blank. Some way to come in if I can get in your heart and just turn you a little bit. So the Spirit of the Lord, through the writer of Proverbs, says, keep your heart. Is it any wonder that the psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee? He understood, whatever I let get in my heart affects everything else in my life. Everything. Everything. It's the reason why unforgiveness can be such a damaging thing in my life. Somebody found the light switch. It's the reason why unforgiveness can be so damaging in my life. Because if unforgiveness gets in my heart, it affects everything else that I touch or come in contact with. See, there's this deception that takes place that says, well, no, I'll put it over here in the corner of my heart and I'll cover it and I'll just go. But it doesn't work that way because whatever's in my heart affects out of my heart comes all the issues of life. And so when I'm in conversation, what happens? Whatever's in there comes out in my conversation. Whatever's in there. You ever, you ever been in conversation with somebody? And you left, maybe you didn't have some deep spiritual conversation or anything like that. You just spent time together in conversation. You left thought, man, I just like being around them. 
I just feel better when I'm around. The things they say encourage me. I don't know why. I just, I just like being with them. I would submit to you it's something that's in the heart that's flowing out of the mouth. And it's affecting you when you and I come in company. Likewise, the same could be said true, right? Like, I don't know why. I just, when we get together, I don't want to spend much time there. I mean, not that they said anything. I'm not sure what's going on. Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Whatever's in the heart is issuing out. And it affects those around me. And so as people of God and as children of God, there's an admonition from the Word of God that I have to keep my heart. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 is familiar to many of us, of course. It's called the Shema. And the instruction of the Lord through Moses to the children of Israel was very specific. He said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and Him only shalt thou serve. Right? And look at verse 5, thank you. And it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All thine heart. Notice, The first instruction of the Lord is tied to what we do with our heart. He doesn't say love Him with all your actions. He does say to love Him with all your soul and all your might. But the first place the Lord was concerned with was the heart. Because it's possible that my heart can be one way and my actions can be another We call that being hypocritical. I want my heart to be pure. And here's what I've learned about my heart. According to the word of God. And I know it to be true. My heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? The scripture says. But the apostle Paul made this statement. He that searches the heart. Knows what is the mind of the spirit. And so he makes intercession for us. Aren't you thankful for that? He can, if I'll allow him to, he'll examine my heart and he knows my heart and he can intercede on my behalf. And so what does he do? Then he begins to direct my life. He'll bring circumstances and situations into my life. He'll bring people and stuff and plans into my life. And it starts doing something. Sometimes it feels great. Now, sometimes it doesn't feel so great. Anybody besides me relate to that? (laughs) Sometimes it doesn't feel so great. But I have to recognize, hold on a minute. That's the love of God reaching to me to deal with what's in my heart. Because he knows if he can't get my heart right, then nothing else matters. Because the heart is where all the issues of life come from. And so he... What do I want him to do? I'll tell you what I pray oftentimes. I pray, God, shine the light of your word into my heart. Shine the light of your spirit into my heart. Speak into my heart. Reveal every place of my heart. I don't want to hide anything from you. I don't want anything held in reserve from you. I don't want anything there that I've suppressed or I'm not aware of. I want you dealing with every aspect of my heart. I trust you to know what even I don't know or I've become blind to and reach into my heart. It's the reason the writer of Psalms, King David, made this statement after he had stumbled and fell into sin. He ran back to the Lord and he cried out, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He understood his wrong actions were a result of what he'd let get inside of his heart. He didn't say, Oh God, help me to fix my mistake and just get it right. That's what our humanity does when we don't want to deal with the heart. And so we have to ask the Lord, as David did, create in me a clean heart. Why? Because my choices and my actions are birthed out of what's in my heart. I believe it was James that made this statement in Scripture when he said, let no man say when he's tempted, he's tempted of God. For each man when he's tempted is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Temptation doesn't... We say, man... I can't believe I got tempted. Temptation starts with what's in my heart. 
So the enemy says, what's in the heart? I'll send temptation along the way based on what I know is already in their heart. That's my own lusts, my own desires. And then I'm drawn away by sin. And sin, when it's conceived, bringeth forth death. And so I need the Lord reaching in my heart, cleansing my spirit, working in my life. How often should I have him doing this? My desire would be daily, daily, daily. We read in Psalms 119, multiple verses, I think um, probably verse 34. Psalm 119 and 34. It's a beautiful pattern that we see written in Scripture. Yeah, Psalm 119.34 says, Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Maybe you've heard this statement before. Or if you're human like I am, maybe you've done this before. You ever given a half-hearted effort? Yeah, you know when you did, don't you? Right? You know, and it was like, man, it was just a half-hearted effort. The writer here said, I observe it with my whole heart. That sounds like commitment to me. What's interesting is you stay in Psalm 119 and you go to verse number 69. He says, the proud have forged a lie against me. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Verse 112, same chapter, makes this statement. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes. You know, David that we referenced who fell into sin and then ran to the Lord and said, create in me a clean heart. You know what the scripture says about David? The Lord said about him, David was a man after God's own heart. David committed adultery. David then had the man killed with whom, with whom's, whose wife he had committed adultery to cover up his sin. And then God sent the prophet Nathan to come to David and address the issue in his life and confront the issue of the heart. And when God used Nathan to come and confront him, you know what David did? David acknowledged the condition of his heart. And he allowed God to reach in. And the prayer that he prayed contained those words, create in me a clean heart. You say, how could David have been a man after God's own heart, but yet have done those things? It wasn't because of what he'd done. He was a man after God's own heart because of his desire to be transparent and open and honest and allow God to have avenue and access in his heart and spirit. That's what the Lord's looking for in you and I. An open and an honest heart that lets him reach in. Is he looking for perfection? Man, I hope not. Or I'm in trouble for sure. He's looking for a heart that's willing to give him free access. And say, examine my heart. I give you freedom. And Lord, as you begin to deal with these places in my heart, because I want to keep my heart according to your word. I want the issues of life that flow out from your spirit through my life. I want them to be pure. I want them to be unhindered. I don't want there to be anything that taints what you do through my life. And so I want to give you freedom of access into my heart. I want your word to work there. It's interesting to me. How often the Lord deals with our heart. We touched on it briefly yesterday. I won't revisit today. But he talks about even when we give. That it should be based on how our heart desires to do it. What we've purposed in our heart. In the Old Testament. Israel was really caught up. In doing all the right things according to the law. 
They wanted to get everything right, make no mistake, cross every T, dot every I, follow every letter of the law. They ended up having no relationship with God because it was all about actions and duties. They had forgotten what he said in Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love him with all thine heart. They were good with all thy might part. They really were. They were really good with all their might. They just missed it with all their heart. I want the Lord searching out my heart. Look at this in Isaiah 29. Jesus referenced the scripture in his teaching. I want us to see it originally where it was. Let's start with verse 10, Isaiah 29 and verse 10. The prophet Isaiah is speaking to the children of Israel at this time, but we also know because Jesus Christ pointed back and quoted this book that it also fit the children of Israel during the days of Jesus Christ when he was coming to them and trying to reveal himself to them as God in the flesh. Isaiah 29 and 10 says, For the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep, And hath closed your eyes, the prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. Well, that's a tough situation to be in as children of God. When the Lord sends a deep sleep on you, closes your eyes so that you can't see anymore. I don't want to get in that place. Verse 11. And the vision of all is become to you as the words of a book that is sealed. Which men deliver to one that is learned. Saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. Now, doesn't that sound silly? Here's what he's saying. It's like I take this book and I go, I'm going to give it to Raphael here. And I say, here, now, it's sealed, but I give it to him and I say, read this book. And he says, well, you know, I can't because the book's sealed. Well, what would your first response be? What's that? Unseal it, open it. Right? That's what the Lord would have expected too. But they were saying, well, I, I can't read it. You know, you're, you're trying to give me your word, Lord, but I can't read it because it's sealed. Oh, that wasn't enough. Verse 12 says, and the book is delivered to him that's not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And what does he say? Oh, I'm not learned. I can't. I'm not learned. You see what they're doing? The Lord's trying to give them avenue of ministry he's trying to minister into their lives he's trying to speak words into their life but they've got a reason why they can't receive what he's doing and what they're doing is they're ignoring the issue and the lord speaks to the issue verse 13 wherefore the lord said for as much as this people watch what they do they draw near me with their mouth they say all the right stuff they draw near me with their mouth And with their lips, they honor me. Sounds good, doesn't it? But watch what he says. They've removed their heart from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. They learned from men teaching them what to do. That should look like the fear of the Lord. But they no longer had a godly fear and reverence of the Lord. It was all lip service and learned routine. It was religious duty. And the Lord said, I've tried to give them my word. And they gave me a reason why they couldn't receive it. I tried to give them instruction, but they gave me some other reason. What's seal? I'm not learned. I mean, I've tried to read it, the word, but I just don't understand it. So I quit reading. And he would offer and offer. And he's the Lord says, the issue isn't you're learning. The issue isn't that it's sealed. The issue is you just want to know what you got to do to appear religious. But your heart has left me a long time ago. I feel the spirit of the Lord in this hour. 
I don't think I'm speaking to people that fall into that category, mind you, this morning. I really don't. I know so many of you, and by the grace of God, I've been privileged to know your heart. But the Lord, I feel, is reaching to us, and he's asking us, keep your heart. Keep your heart. In this hour that we're coming into, in the last days, the scripture said, the Lord himself said, if it were possible in the last days, even the very elect would be deceived. How would that happen? I'll tell you how it would happen. Somewhere along the way, they would remove the guard from their heart, begin to open their heart and spirit to anything that will, and not recognize and discern the difference between what is the Lord and what is otherwise, and they stop protecting their heart. I want to keep my heart. I want the Lord to examine my heart. How does he do that? How does the Lord examine my heart and yours? Well, one of the primary ways he does it is through his word, through the rhema of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12 makes this statement. It says, the word of God is quick and powerful. Quick there means alive, not fast. I mean, it can be fast too, but it says, the word of God is quick and powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And it pierces to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And watch what it says about the word of God. It is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God does that. So if you come or you're in a Bible study, somebody's teaching or you're here and Elder Flowers or myself or somebody else is teaching or preaching. And the word of God is like, man, hold on a minute. I think, I think Elder, I'll, I'll pick on Brother Flowers. I think Elder Flowers is really picking on me. I, I think it's like, he's talking about stuff in my life. Somebody must have told him something. I bet somebody said something to him and said, no, that's not what happened. Here's what's happening. The word of God is discerning the thoughts and the intents of my heart. That's why you can talk. I can, if I've had this happen once, I've had it happen a hundred times. In a service ministering here or somewhere else even. I'll have somebody come up and say, man, what the Lord taught today through you, it spoke right to my life and where I was. It ministered to me. And this and this is just perfect. And then somebody else over here later, I talked to somebody else. Man, the word of God today, like right where I was and this and this. And, and I'm like, sometimes I'm Brother Joel. I'm like, were you both? Because they'll tell me like some specific thing the Lord really. And I'm thinking, man, were you guys hearing the same thing? Yes, they were. But the Lord was dealing with their heart differently because they were in different places in their walk in relationship with God and in life. But the word of God does that when I open my spirit. It's why we say so often, make sure we're listening with our spirit, not with our intellect. Letting the word of God reach into our heart. Because it can reach and it can deal with those places where even I don't know how to deal with. But God does. And it's the love of God that reaches in to purify my heart and yours. Would you stand with me this morning? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray an examining of every area of my heart. I want a heart that's pure before you, O oh God. I want a heart that's clean and only you can make it clean. The washing of your blood, the cleansing of your blood that you shed at Calvary can make my heart clean and pure. Father, I pray, create in us a clean heart and a right spirit. One that is aligned with your will and your word. One that is united with your plan and your purpose. One that is open and available and transparent unto you, Father. Full and free access, Lord, to reach in, to examine and search my heart. That your will would be done in and through my life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, these last few weeks, 
the Lord has dealt with us different ways and different times about areas of consecration in our life. About areas of separating ourselves unto Him. Making ourselves available unto Him. Looking at where we're spending our time. Looking at things that we're allowing to give, get in through our eyes and our ears. The Lord just reaching to us in the love of God. The love of a father to his children. Just reaching to us. He's done it gently, right? He's done it very gently. Saying, But I feel the Lord reaching. And so what is he doing? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's saying... You need to keep your heart. You need to keep your heart. These things that if we're not careful can seem, oh, you know, what's the big deal? If it's not of his spirit, but I'm letting it get into my heart, it begins to affect the issues of life that flow out of me. One writer said, out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. Out of the abundance. Whatever's in my heart. It'll come out of my mouth. I was. Pointed to and listening to some teaching. About my mouth. A few days ago. I shared it with some of you. And I was marked by that. I've heard that verse many times. I've examined that verse. I've prayed about that verse. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Words come out. And the teacher made this statement. It's the love of God or something. I may not verbatim, but this was the essence of what spoke to my spirit. love of God lets you hear what comes out of your mouth so that it can reveal what's in your heart and then you can let God deal with what's in your heart and it'll change what comes out of your mouth and I'll just be transparent with you this morning When I started thinking about that and examining my heart, I just celebrated 27 years of marriage. But the Lewis, I started thinking about, how do I speak to my wife? What's in my heart? What's in my heart in relationship to her? How do I speak about Brother Rosario? What's in my heart in relationship to him? What comes out of my mouth is a product of what's in my heart. And when my heart is right, oh my, oh my, I want a pure heart, don't you? And I want a purpose to keep my heart. You say, how do you keep it? I'll finish with this. How many of you here drive legally? <laughs> That's sort of funny. I um I was noticing the other day I was I was thinking about coming over Chinook Pass, coming back from the west side. I didn't time didn't allow it but as I thought about that and I'd been in communication with uh, brother and sister Simpson briefly back in Baltimore and so when I thought about going you know how like one thought leads you to another I when I thought about going over Chinook Pass I remembered them coming over Chinook Pass with Bishop a few years ago and and brother Simpson talking about oh man he had me on the side where it was looking over the edge and I think he was having fun with me in that big old dually truck and Sister Simpson was just laughing and carrying on about, ah, you know, it's so weird. And so when they were visiting again, he said, you're not going to make me come over that like that past thing there, are you? And I knew what he was talking about because, you know, if you've ever driven that road before, 
There's some of those, there's no guardrail. You ever notice that? Yeah. And, but then you'll drive down I-82 over here and there'll be a guardrail. I'm like, what's there a guardrail for? If you miss, if you run off the road, you're just going to hit the rock on the side of the wall. What is it? Is Does the Department of Transportation in Washington say, you know what? I trust people that would drive over 12 that they don't need a guardrail. But I don't know about those people around Yakima. They need guardrails near the rocks. No, they put lines on the road so you know where you're supposed to drive. But they understand sometimes you can get distracted. Or somebody else can get distracted. And when distraction comes, if you're not careful, boy, before you know it, you'll be right on outside those lines, won't you? You know, they even got little grooves in the road. Right? My wife drives on those intentionally when I'm sleeping in the passenger seat, I think. I think it's intentional. I'm not sure. It seems like it. I was driving down a road the other day. They had those little strips on the right. And they had them in the middle, too. So, man, I mean, like, you're going to stay between the lines. You veer a little to the left, you're going to hear it. You go to the right, you're going to hear it. It's like a built-in backseat driver. Whichever way you go. And they had a guardrail. What's the guardrail for? The guardrail is not there because they don't trust me to stay between the lines. The guardrail is there to protect me. So that if I'm distracted or I have an error in judgment, it doesn't cost me my life. How do I keep my heart? I'm going to tell you how you keep your heart. You start building some guardrails. I'm not talking about legalism this morning. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about putting some guardrails in place. Maybe I put some of the, I don't even know what they call those, rumble strips, is that what they call those things? I figured I better refer to them by something other than a noise. So I need, to, I need to look, the Lord through His Word shows me ways that I can put rumble strips in my life. And I can put guardrails in my life. Why am I doing that? I'm seeking to obey His Word and protect my heart. See, that's what happened to the children of Israel. The Lord gave them instruction and they made it all about the law. I'll just do all the rules and then everything will be fine. It was never about the heart. The Lord was wanting relationship with them. They just wanted to make sure they knew where the guardrails were supposed to go and then leave me alone. Last point. How many of you drive down the road and see how close you can get to the guardrail without hitting it? No. Anybody ever do that? Like, I'm, like, you know, you're going over White Pass and they got those guardrails where you can see right over the edge. And so you just go like, you know, I really want to see over there. So let me get over there and see if I can not hit the guardrail, but see how close I can get. Anybody ever do that? No, no. I, I don't either. I don't recommend that. But isn't it funny if we're not careful with our heart? We'll always be like, okay, Lord, how much can I do and still be okay? How, how close can I get to the edge? And Where's, where's the guardrail at? Because I want to be right up against the guardrail with my heart. But I just want to make sure I'm on the right side of it. No, I want to protect my heart. So what do I do? I've done this with my kids, raising my kids. I'm like, you know what? This is where the guardrail is. I'm going to sort of start you right over here. Let's just seek to walk right here. That way, should you ever get distracted or should you have an error in judgment, you won't go over the edge. You got a little room that you'll, you'll bump that guardrail to pull you back. That's how we have to consider our heart and our relationship with God and the Word of God. Can I encourage you today? Protect your heart. Protect your heart. 
Sister Flowers, I want to open this altar to you before you go today. If you'd like to come pray and ask the Lord. God, lead me, guide me. Set barriers where you will. Show me places to build guardrails, if you will. I want a protecting of my heart. I want my heart to be kept. And Lord, in and of my own efforts and ability, I can't do it. I can't do it. I want your word, Father. I want your word to be written upon the fleshy tables of my heart. Let your word be in my heart, Father, that I might not sin against you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
day. Amen. I wonder if we can just, just for one more moment, if we can just, just talk to the Lord. Jesus' name. Father, help us to be vulnerable with you, Jesus. Help us to have an open heart before you, Father. Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Some of the most, for me in my life, some of the most difficult things that I've dealt with that I've realized I've allowed to become heart issues, um, I realized that the process of, of them being a becoming a heart issue is me, you know, usually an offense or some hurt, and then me kind of closing myself off to, to not just the Lord, but to people, to people around me. And I feel it, I feel really strongly, it kind of comes full circle where we started praying with one another and knowing that we're part of the body of Christ. Um, because I, for me in my life, again, some of the things that I've dealt with, some, some of the most liberating times that I've had have been when I've you know, went to a friend and said, look, you know, I'm dealing with this and I don't know how to, I don't know how to get through it, but I'm going to be open with you. I'm going to be vulnerable with you and share this. And then it's been amazing the way that I've realized like that person's like, man, I thought I was the only one. I've been dealing with things like that too. And then we'll, we'll talk and communicate and the Lord will begin to be able to draw those things out of my heart and places that I've buried things so deep but just because of having a willingness to be vulnerable with, with my brother, uh, with, you know, sisters in, in the Lord and say, you know, you know what, I'm in this together. I'm going to, it might hurt a little bit to open up to someone, but we're not in this alone. We have, we have a heavenly host around us fighting for us. We're in this with the body of Christ and we have the Lord on our side. Amen. And so don't be afraid to go to a brother. Don't be afraid to go to a sister and trust them. Amen. There's, there's great strength and support in doing that. I wonder if just one more time this morning, if we can just thank the Lord for what he's begun to do in this place. Jesus, we thank you, God. Pray this word would not only deal with our heart today, Lord, but I pray that it would be hid in our hearts. Father, that it would be hid deep in our hearts, that we would not sin against you, that it would be something that guides our lives, Jesus, as we go from this place. Lord, I pray your word continue to examine our hearts, that it be a light that shines into the deep places, Lord, places that maybe we've closed off from you, that we've locked the door of these different areas in our heart, Jesus, that we don't want to be dealt with, that we don't want to be touched. We don't want the hurt of them, God, to be felt any longer, Father, but I pray we be willing from this day forward to allow you to deal with those places. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. God bless you. Amen.